Hi, and welcome to the Wise Healthy Bites podcast. I'm Beth. And I'm Catherine. With a combined 29 years of experience as registered dietitians, we're here to share real life nutrition tricks and lifestyle tips that we hope will inspire you to make healthful choices in the aisles of the supermarket and in life. This is episode number 30, mood boosting food. And on today's episode, we're uncovering the connection between your mood and the foods you eat with simple tips that will help to lift your spirits. Hi, everyone, and welcome back. So we picked our topic today of mood-boosting food for a variety of reasons. Um, You know, first of all, there's still a pandemic happening in the world, and it's just making life a little more stressful for all of us. And we are also approaching the time change here in the beginning of November, and the daylight hours will be getting shorter. And I know that kind of bums me out, and a lot of other people too. Yep, me Um, too. (laughs) Yeah, so many people. Um, And really, you know, who couldn't use a little mood boost in their day? Yeah, let's just get right to it. That's so true. Um, You know, and so really, no matter what challenges your day brings, it's definitely easier to face the world when your spirits are high and you are really tackling things with as positive of an outlook as you possibly can. Um, You know, and it's hard to be in a good mood when you're kind of feeling, uh, you know, hungry or your body is lacking that energy from key nutrients, you know, in, in what you're eating. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And really, the scientific community still has a lot to learn when it comes to how our diet influences our mood. Um, And there's, you know, we don't have the whole story yet, but there's definitely a connection there. And studies have shown that there are things we can do to help stabilize our moods. And, you know, these suggestions, you know, in addition to stabilizing our mood, they have so many other health benefits. So you really have nothing to lose except a bad mood. (laughs) I love it. And you nailed it, right? Um, So I think it's funny that this is the one, one of the points here that I'm going to cover because it's so relevant. Um, So really one of the first and most important steps is to eat regularly to prevent hanger. And I know Catherine and I, you and I definitely joke around about this. So listeners, hanger is that combination of hunger and anger kind of all rolled into one, which really doesn't make you a pleasant person to be around. Yeah. You know, So really when your blood sugar drops, you might feel tired, hungry, irritable, you know, have a hard time concentrating or focusing or feeling like you're in a fog. Um, So again, when you're letting yourself get too hungry, um, this is just some of the the side effect that might be happening. Um, And for me too, as well, I kind of included a very personal like note in here that, you know, you might be coming home from work or coming home from running errands or whatever it is. And when you are to that level of just, you know, feeling hangry, that's when you really could go overboard with whatever your snacking is. So maybe you're eating an entire box of, you know, crackers and hummus, or you're just really overdoing it on whatever snack is kind of sitting on the counter um, because you're not thinking about it and you're just very hungry and really looking to solve that problem as quickly as possible. Um, So a really key point here, I think, to take away is to always make sure there's a satisfying snack within reach. So if you're out and about, you know, pack a snack like a nutritious snack bar, maybe some lower sodium jerky, dried fruit and nut trail mix. I mean, there's a lot of different things you could have available, but something that's non-perishable that you could tuck in your purse, in your bag, in your car, your desk, wherever you are. um, And it really will help to lift you up when you get to that stage of just feeling so hungry that you need to eat something like now. (laughs) Yeah, because really when you are to that point of like starving, that is going to override any of your best intentions and having like the snack that you may have had if you weren't completely starving. So yeah, I always, if I'm going, if I'm leaving like to run some errands and I know I'm going to be a couple hours, like I will always take a snack bar or something, like just something to have with me just in case. 
Yep, exactly. You know, and I think Catherine too, you know, it really goes back to planning. I mean, we talk so much about the value of planning your meals, your snacks, and it's that same type of approach. You know, if you're planning for success with your food choices and you have something at your fingertips, you certainly will. You just have better luck with that and, and really feel your body in a better way. Yeah, exactly. What kind of snacks do you keep around? You know, honestly, like almonds are kind of a go-to because mm. they're really easy to tuck into, you know, a, a bag or, you know, put in a, a, you know, a zip top baggie to take in the car. I mean, I do even make, um, you know, we'll have to link to the recipe for our energy bite. So mm. it's just like a very simple, no bake type of snack with oats and peanut butter and honey. You can add your own Nixons, but something again, that's just really easy to take along. But, you know, I, I feel like I do like you also arm myself with something and also water. I do always travel mm. with, you know, something yeah. to drink as well, because nothing is worse and just feeling really thirsty and really not having access to just something quickly. <laughs> Same right. Exactly. I should have known. I should have <laughs> known you were going to say almonds. You always have almonds on your desk at work. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. And still eating them despite the, uh, the quarantine and work from home life. They're still here yeah. and always available. <laughs> yeah. And also now with COVID, like if I'm out and about, sometimes I don't want to stop mm-hmm. somewhere quick and mm-hmm. get a snack, you know, just because you limiting your exposure and, you know, stuff like that. So it is good to just have things with you. Yeah. That's a very great point for sure. Yeah. So first, you know, one, number one important tip, eat regularly to prevent the hanger. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess maybe we should take a step back too and just explain like regularly. So, I mean, that might look mm. different for everyone, but you know, for us, I think, you know, we're kind of trained that we're eating, you know, breakfast, maybe something mid morning, you know, eating lunch, maybe something mid afternoon, like that 3 PM slump that you might've heard of, you know, dinner and certainly even something before bed. So don't discount, you know, if you feel hungry in the evening after you've had dinner, you know, it's food is not off limits. You know, the kitchen is not closed at that hour. It's just about making a wise choice for one that won't um, kind of override your sleep, you know, and two, that will just make you feel better so that you don't wake up then super hungry because that hunger won't go away. It's not going to disappear yeah. overnight. Um, you know, so kind of depending on what your, your work schedule is like or, you know, or whatever that is. I mean, just it's basically eating every few hours just, you know, when you start to feel hungry to feel your best. Yep, exactly. Um, okay. So next we're going to talk about my favorite mm-hmm. and that's carbs. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So eating carbohydrates naturally stimulates the production of serotonin in your brain. And so serotonin acts as a mood regulator. Basically, it makes you feel good, less anxious, more calm, even more focused and energetic. And this effect is actually more pronounced when you eat mostly carbohydrates. So this is really this was Mm -hmm. really fascinating to me. If you have a lot of protein included in that same meal or snack, you don't have as much of an effect. Um, And it really has to do with all the amino acids that are in protein and carbohydrates. And I won't get into that, even though I would like really went down a rabbit hole reading this stuff yesterday (laughs) because I was so interested in it. But just kind of the takeaway there is that carbohydrates provide that kind of mood boosting lift. Um, and very interestingly, antidepressant meds, uh, medications are designed to make serotonin more active in your brain and extend that activity for longer periods of time to help regulate your mood. It's just so interesting. Yeah, it's just, it is really so incredible when you think, I mean, I think sometimes we just think about, you know, food, we're just, you know, eating it to check a box, you know, but there is just so much, um, you know, value in, in foods you eat, provide so much fuel to so many different systems, you know, and again, impact your mood and how you feel in so many different ways. I, I do yeah. love 
love that, um, that explanation there. And really, this is just one more reason to throw those low carb diets out the window and enjoy those <laughs> carbs. Um, you know, so we've discussed this again in a couple of different episodes, you know, but again, it's all about choosing um, nutritious and really nutrient dense types of carbs, you know, that really will help to, to boost your mood here and, and really give you that positive effect. Um, and two other ways to boost serotonin in your brain would be exercise, no surprise there, uh, and sunlight, which I can certainly attest to, um, you know, when you're feeling a little bit blue and you get outside, get some fresh air, just move your body, you know, have that added benefit of the sunlight right there. You're kind of just giving yourself an instant mood lift. And I, I know that really does help me. Um, and I think Catherine, you would agree too. Oh, I absolutely. Discussed this before. Um, you know, there's even some science behind that. And, you know, again, what exercise can really do just for your overall outlook and so forth. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. All right. So now we're going to go a little deeper into and share some specific foods that are known to impact your mood and then how we can incorporate them into our diets more. Um, in our previous episode, we talked about the Mediterranean diet and mentioned that a diet high in seafood supports both our brain and our mental health. That's right. And it's all thanks to those healthful fats called omega-3s. And this is the first time that I really thought about that word, like omega-3s. They just sound really like powerful, don't they? It's like, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, you know, there is something really meaningful attached to them. So, you know, just a quick little uh, summary here. So omega-3s are primarily found in fish, um, you know, most abundantly in fish. And research has shown that people who eat diets rich in fish are less likely to be depressed. So if you remember from our last episode, it's only about one in 10 individuals that get enough seafood in their diet per week. And that recommendation is the two about four ounce servings per week. Um, omega threes are an essential nutrient because our bodies can't make them, which means they are essential. And we actually have to consume them by what we're eating um, or a, a supplement in order to get enough. Um, they're also one of the basic building blocks of the brain. So, you know, sometimes we talk about the, the benefit of omega threes for, um, you know, for pregnancy during pregnancy, because it really does help to support growth of the brain during that stage. Um, you know, in brain cell membrane, membranes are about 20% um, fatty acids. So really the omega-3s are, are crucial for keeping brain signals moving smoothly, you know, again, if you're getting enough. Um, so some of those fatty fish that are highest in omega-3s, which again, it really comes back to the omega-3s with regards to the benefits of seafood in your diet for your heart, for your brain, you know, all those other, uh, you know, those other side effects. Um, really salmon and tuna are probably the most approachable, the most familiar, you know, and that's really where you'd find the greatest um, kind of content of omega-3s. So some other sources that are plant-based would be walnuts and then ground flax seeds. Yeah. And I, and so actually sardines are actually a really good source of omega-3s. I don't know. <laughs> I wish you could you see saw the my face, face that just made because <laughs> I feel the same way about sardines and I'm like, do I include it? I don't know if like people eat sardines anymore, but I'm just going to throw it out there just in case, but you won't find Beth and I really incorporating that. We'll, we'll stick to our like salmon and tuna and things like that. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's all about where you're at. So folks, if you're feeling a little adventurous and you want to explore, um, you know, definitely we will support you in that. <laughs> oh my gosh, absolutely. And if you find a way to, you love eating sardines, like pass it along. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, Oh, good. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, like, share some of the ways that, I mean, my, I, I really get most of my fish in, um, with like the really convenient flavored tuna pouches that mm -hmm. they have now. And like, mm -hmm. that's just so easy. It's so affordable. Like that's really how I eat most of my fish. 
Yeah, I would agree. I guess for for me, I feel like it's almost like I do a lunch of one of those. So like the canned um, or pouch tuna, you know, with um, I like to do it really with grain bowls, honestly, or even, you know, a sandwich. But um, and then maybe like one cooked seafood meal a week. And then it would usually be, you know, something like salmon, um, you know, that's really quick to prepare. It's way faster to cook than a lot of people realize. And you may not realize also that you don't have to thaw fish before you cook it. So that might add a couple of minutes to the, the cook time, of course, but you don't need to spend that additional time thawing it in advance or trying to plan ahead to thaw it. Um, so right. don't let that be a barrier to you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fish does cook really quickly. And actually during COVID, I started cooking fish more. And like, once I realized how easy it was, I'm like, what in the world was I waiting for here? Like, right. I know I mentioned right. this on the last episode too, but still I'm like, so <clears throat> simple. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, actually just to refer back to our previous episode where we dove into a lot of conversation about the benefits of seafood. I mean, there again, if you haven't listened, go back to that one where we had some really amazing, um, you know, dietitian colleagues and cookbook authors on there. And they really talk so many um, other strategies about getting more seafood in your diet too. So definitely yeah. take a listen and be inspired. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. Um, okay. So next we're going to banish those blues with the blueberries. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I couldn't, I, know, I couldn't so resist cheesy. that play on words. <laughs> <laughs> so really, I mean, all fruits and vegetables can play a role in boosting your mood because they do supply those carbohydrates, which we talked about. And in fact, there is research now to show that the people who ate the most fruits and vegetables um, had greater happiness and life satisfaction. So like as if we need even more reasons to eat fruits and vegetables, but <laughs> blueberries have an even stronger ability um, to boost your mood because of this, these antioxidants that they have in them and specifically compounds called flavonoids. Um, and so really blueberries are known for their role in reducing the risk of heart disease, Alzheimer's, dementia. They have anti-inflammatory properties. They can keep your skin looking young and findings also indicate that they can boost your mood. Wow. <laughs> I know. Like, that's if like, we needed more reasons. I know. Right. I know. Um, you know, it's sometimes people refer to blueberries as like a superfood um, because of all of those properties and just so much of the good they can do for your body. Um, and a little tip when purchasing blueberries. Um, so you might notice they have like a, a little bit of a subtle silver white coating on them. This is actually called the bloom. So that's a good thing. Um, and that just means that um, it's something that has not yet been washed off in kind of the packaging process. So don't be alarmed if you see that you'd also see this on grapes as well. Just I was just facts. gonna say that, and I think sometimes people are afraid of it because they think like the grapes are dirty, right? But it's not, it's actually that protective coating, and it's actually keeping the moisture in and keeping mm. them fresh. That's right. Um, you know, so don't be alarmed by that. And actually, another thing to consider when especially purchasing and using, um, you know, blueberries, you always want to wash them just before you eat mm. them because they are very delicate. Um, you know, and if you have that added moisture, they, they just mold more quickly in the last thing you want to do is have to discard them because they've gotten bad. Um, so just use them, rinse them real quickly right before you would actually enjoy them. Um, you know, and blueberries, I mean, they really are so versatile with both like sweet and savory types of uh, recipe ideas and so forth. Um, you know, some other flavor pairings you might consider would be lemon, mint, rosemary, coconut, balsamic vinegar, which I love that kind of idea for maybe like a salad or a balsamic reduction, um, banana and cheese, which that one's kind yeah. of surprised me, but I guess, yeah, fruit and cheese do go so well together. <laughs> yeah. It's that sweet and savory combo. So yeah, I just, I love, I just snack on blueberries as they are, or I usually add them to yogurt or cereal. Yeah. Like I would say too, like, 
I, I feel like I normally would add them more so to something than just eating them on their own. I don't know why that is as I'm like yeah. thinking about that. But yeah, yeah, you know, they're really great on for me, I guess, personally, it is cereal. Sometimes I'll put them on um, like toast. If I've toasted mm. a slice of bread, you know, with some peanut butter or almond butter, I'll put blueberries on them just for a little bit of something different. Um, yeah. But yeah, idea. yogurt's a good way to pair them too. Or cottage cheese. I've just recently been enjoying cottage cheese a little bit more for something different. And they're really good on that too. I just bought cottage cheese the other day. I probably haven't bought it in years. <laughs> like so weird. It feels like it's one of those things that's like gone away and then Greek yogurt kind of overtook it, you know, and now it's like coming yeah. back because it is a really great source of protein. And it's again, yeah. I like the texture of cottage cheese better. I know some of you listening might be like, oh, no, um, I just feel like it's more satisfying, you know, and you have to do a little bit more chewing, I think is yeah. why I like it, which is is strange. Yes, that's me. Ah, anyway. <laughs> Sorry, we can get off on a lot of tangents. <laughs> Beth and I talk, so we oh, apologize. we sure can. <laughs> um, and I think I'm just really getting excited too to mention the next food that we're really going to uh, discuss in more detail. So, listeners, you're going to love this one because it's chocolate. So, need I say more? You know, we're here encouraging you to you know enjoy more chocolate. Um, you know, for that mood boost, and specifically dark chocolate. So, uh, dark chocolate really has high concentrations of cacao, and that is actually what then attributes. Um, or benefits you with those positive effects on stress levels, in, um, inflammation, and mood boost. Um, so, so just for some context here, milk chocolate contains about 10 to 50% cocoa content. Dark chocolate contains 50 to 90% of that cacao content. So um, that's actually really where you're getting those added uh, you know, benefits and so on and so forth. You will notice that dark chocolate in most cases is also lower in sugar because it is it has a more bitter flavor, which is sometimes why people don't like it. Um, so it is a little bit of a, a flavor profile, I think, to get used to, um, you know, but I also feel like that keeps you then to a reasonable serving size because it does have a more intense flavor. Um, and so fun fact, white chocolate, which even though the word chocolate is in there, it is actually not chocolate at all because it contains no cocoa content. Fun no, fact. That was so sad. Was so sad. <laughs> Um, so yeah, cocoa is rich in plant nutrients called flavanols and dark chocolate has up to two to three times more of the flavanol rich cocoa than the milk chocolate. So just as Beth said, that's why the dark chocolate is better for us. So really the best advice is to choose a dark chocolate that you enjoy, um, and have it in modest quantities, you know, maybe one to two ounces a day to offer the greatest health benefits. And my favorite way and thing to do with dark chocolate is to make dark chocolate bark. And this was actually a kid's bites activity, I think, in our Healthy Bites magazine years ago was making this dark chocolate bark. And like, I'm ever, I'm like all the time I'm making this now. So you melt your dark chocolate in the microwave. I get like the dark chocolate melting chips or mm -hmm. chocolate chips, um, melt them in the microwave at 50% power, stirring occasionally. Um, once it's all melted, spread that out on parchment paper to like a very thin layer, like maybe a quarter inch thick, sprinkle that with some chopped nuts, some dried fruit, maybe a little pinch of sea salt. Oh, that really yeah. is the secret ingredient here. Um, and then you put that in the fridge till it hardens up, break it apart. Um, and you have this like little pieces of dark, dark chocolate bark. Oh my gosh. It's so <laughs> delicious. That was really hard to say. Um, yeah. So keep that in the fridge or the freezer and then enjoy a piece or two every day. 
Yeah, no. And I love that's such an easy description um, because it really is so easy to make. I mean, mm-hmm. it really is just melting it down, adding what you like and, you know, customizing it to your own flavor preferences. And I think too, just to remember when you are shopping for dark chocolate, you'll see there's a lot of variety again in that percentage. So seeking out the highest percentage or maybe just going slightly higher and, you know, easing your way up. So I know I've tried like a 90% cocoa, you know, chocolate and it's like, oh, wow. Um, you know, so maybe like a 70 to 80 is more, you know, a, kind of appropriate for your palate. Um, so just something to consider as you're shopping and kind of, you know, enjoying and experimenting with some different types of chocolate. Um, you know, so I personally, I also do love chocolate bark and, uh, especially with that sea salt. Uh, and actually yeah. when I buy chocolate, I usually like the little squares that are just prepackaged, um, you know, no must, no fuss. So I know exactly what the serving is. And I always do seek out the ones with the dark chocolate, um, salt combination. Um, yeah. and what I actually do with those squares now, I'm ready to blow your mind here. Put oh a little I bit have no of idea what you're about to say or almond butter on the dark chocolate sea salt square. <gasps> I mean, you're essentially making a Reese's peanut butter cup, but with like some other, you know, maybe better ingredients, like, you know, the natural peanut butter, the natural almond butter, and then you have your super dark chocolate. Oh, so good. <laughs> okay. The peanut butter chocolate combo is my ultimate favorite. Undeniably good. That's for sure. <laughs> you know, another thing would be um, to consider uh, for a mood boost would be herbal tea. So herbal tea, like camin- chamomile has known calming properties. So black, green, white, uh, and white teas are also rich in antioxidants. So maybe just enjoying, um, you know, a casual cup of warm tea can help to relieve stress, lift your spirits. Um, you know, it's just even a, a nice way to kind of unwind a little bit, um, you know, when you're feeling like you need a little bit of decompression. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I drink a lot more tea in the winter, I think just because it's colder and it really is very comforting to have that warm cup of tea. Mm-hmm. Um, so on the other hand, we just wanted to you know, note this, that if you do struggle with a lot of changes in your mood or your energy levels very often, um, it can be helpful to actually avoid certain foods and beverages that can really trigger mood swings. And just a couple things to avoid if you think that sounds like you would be a lot of caffeine, um, alcohol, and then added sugar. So mm-hmm. just something to think about or to consider, um, you know, if you do struggle with your mood and then try to incorporate some of those other things that we mentioned previously. Yep. Um, exactly. so yeah. So Beth, what is our takeaway tip for the week? Yeah. So, I mean, besides going out and buying some dark chocolate pronto, <laughs> I would say, um, you know, really just everyone is so different and food affects everyone so differently. But I think and it's important to just really acknowledge how your food choices and just overall eating pattern affect you personally um, and how they play a role in your mood. Um, it's just a great first step. And then really modifying those types of things in order to feel your best. So, you know, if you're feeling sluggish at different times of day, look at that, see what you can swap in as a more healthful choice, you know, and and kind of move on from there. Or again, if you aren't eating meals regularly and that pattern is kind of off from, you know, eating every few hours, maybe try to implement a more structured pattern into your schedule if that's feasible and, uh, you know, to see how you feel and then hopefully it will be a better, better feeling than normal. <laughs> that is a great takeaway tip. All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. You can get in touch with us by joining the Wise Dietitian Dietitians Facebook group. Simply search for Wise Healthy Bites on Facebook, or you can email us at wisedietitians at wisemarkets.com. 
The information shared in this podcast is intended for education only and is not intended to be a substitute for a medical diagnosis or treatment. The Wise Markets Healthy Bites podcast is owned and distributed by Wise Markets and Sunbury Broadcasting Corporation. Any rebroadcast or other use of this podcast without the express written consent of Wise Markets and Sunbury Broadcasting Corporation is strictly prohibited. Please click subscribe so you won't miss a single episode.